Hello, 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 and welcome back to episode two of the Rip City Rundown podcast. I will be hosting you today, and this is my first podcast since we talked about Robert Covington and that trade, and a lot of news has gone down. I think I'm going to try to go one podcast a week and just wrap up all the news. Maybe once the season starts, we can move to two, but expect one podcast a week. So on this podcast, we're going to be talking about the signings, the trades we made, um, players leaving, and other topics that interest the Blazers. So we're going to go in alphabetical, or excuse me, chronological order here, and we're going to start off with the draft. And that means we'll talk about C.J. Ellaby. So the Blazers obviously traded their first round pick and traded in the Robert Covington trade which ended up going to Houston, then on to the Pistons, which ended with Isaiah Stewart. But we kept our second-round pick, and with the 46th pick of the 2020 NBA Draft, the Blazers selected C.J. Ellaby out of Washington State. Now, everything you need to know about Ellaby is he is a very good scorer. He averaged 16 points per game over his career in college, which obviously in college is pretty good. Um, He went to Washington State. He's 6'6", 200 pounds. Um, he grew up in Seattle, obviously went to Washington State. He was on the Pac-12 all-freshman year, freshman team, and made all-Pac-12. Um, he's a very good rebounder for his size. He's more of a prototypical three, a nice wing guy. Um, his freshman year, he averaged about 15 points and seven rebounds and bumped that up to 18 points and eight rebounds. Um, he averaged two steals last year and a block. Not a big passer, two points or two assists per game. Um, but his freshman year, he shot 41% from three, dropped down to 34 his sophomore year, but he's a very good scorer. Now, obviously, we don't need him to do anything next year, but he's a guy that you could probably keep in your mind, in the back of your mind, to possibly help us down the line in the future. Um, but he's a great scorer, and he's a very good rebounder for the wing position, so it's a good pickup. A lot of people had a first-round grade on him, but we get him in the second round. Some guys that we could take. We could have taken Nico Mannion, who ended up dropping. But if we were to add a point guard, which I'll get to later in the episode, um, that would be a veteran point guard because we have Anthony Simons to be the young point guard that has the potential to be um, a really good point guard one day. But that's what I want to say about CJ Ellaby. Not much to say. We got more important things to move on to. The next thing that happened was the Inez Cantor trade. The Blazers brought back Inez Cantor, which is absolutely beautiful. Um, obviously, the Blazers received Inez Cantor. The Celtics received a future draft pick from Memphis. And the Grizzlies received the 30th overall pick in the draft, which is Desmond Bain and Mario Herzonia. So that's right. We only gave up Mario Herzonia, and we received Inez Cantor, which is absolutely a steal, in my opinion. Um, and Cantor... The good thing about him, he brings chemistry to our team. He brings scoring off the bench, and he brings a very experienced big that obviously was with us for that big playoff run. So that's awesome to see him back. Um, I think he was a big loss last year as while Whiteside was good, and obviously Whiteside started just um, started most of the year and was coming off the bench in the bubble. I like Cantor more off the bench for us because we don't really need just a shot a shot blocker coming off the bench. We need someone that can score and lead that second unit. Um, 
he obviously has chemistry with the guys, which is awesome. And he believes Nurk can be an all-star. Obviously, he didn't get to play much with Nurk um, over the past uh, the past season when he was here. He was the starter, and he was a big part of that team, but he never got to play with Nurk. So playing with Nurk now would be really interesting to see. Um, he thinks Nurk can be an all-star, which is just a ton of praise for Nurk. Um, hopefully he can get to that. Hopefully he can get to that. Uh, we move on. We move on to, in my opinion, probably the biggest move that we've made. Other than the Robert Covington trade, this was huge that we brought this guy back. And it was Rodney Hood on a two-year, $21 million deal. Obviously, we talked about how he declined his player option, but he's going to come back. He declined a $6 million player option to receive, obviously, like I said, a two-year, $21 million year, which will be about 10 and a half a year. So he gets a big pay raise which is good for Hood. Now, I don't think it's going to really matter that we're paying him more. Um, good news about Rodney Hood, which is some word that came out just a couple days ago, is Hood is going to be ready for opening night, which is huge. Um, so he most likely, if he's feeling good, he will be the starting three on opening night which I love to see. Obviously, he was having a career year before the Achilles injury. He was shooting, like he was one of the best shooters in the league. He was leading the league in catch-and-shoot percentage and was second in the league in overall three-point percentage, which is absolutely beautiful. Um, so him returning on a two-year, $21 million deal, in my opinion, is huge. Um, he obviously took a discount last year to join the Blazers, so... The team basically just gave him the biggest raise they could for the season after he opted out. Um, it really has no impact on either side because it doesn't really affect us with the money at all. Um, so it's a win-win for both sides. Um, but with him coming back, that could create just a little bit of a logjam with our lineup. But we'll get on it. We'll move on. Next, we have Derek Jones Jr. We signed Derek Jones Jr., to the two-year, $19 million deal. Um, and I think this one was the biggest, the more, most questionable signing by Olshi. Um, so we obviously get more athletic with this deal, but how much is this truly going to help us? Well, I think he's going to be a great player off the bench. He's going to be very fun, a high flyer. He's going to catch some lobs. He and Anthony Simons will be flying on that second unit. Um, does he truly raise our ceiling i'm not sure that's yet to be seen he obviously only shot around 29 percent from three last year and well i know i always mention the three-point stats and um a lot of people only mention the three-point stats well, obviously that's not the only part of the game that's where the nba is trending and that's a huge part of the game especially when you're playing with guys that can drive and kick like damon cj you're going to get your open shots from behind the arc um this is more of i believe olshi believing in him more than what he's proven because he um, he used to be a high-level rotation player in Miami, but he kind of got played out of the rotation before um, the playoffs and then obviously into the playoffs in the bubble. Um, so this is definitely Portland believing he can do more and be more here in Portland than he was in Miami. Um, so I think it's a decent deal because we did need a lot of defense. Whenever you can get defense, you're going to get it. Um, we added length, athleticism, and defense, and that's going to be great. But is it a value deal? Um, 
we probably could have gone after more of a playmaker off the bench or to throw in the starting lineup if we don't want Hood in there. But um, I think the biggest question is, will, will we get enough value from him from this deal? Because obviously Derek Doge Jr. on a $19 million deal over two years, that's what, $8.5 million a year? Um, I think he can give us that value, but it's yet to be seen. Derek Jones Jr., a little unproven, but I'm not mad at the signing. Not mad at the signing at all. Um, the next signing, which happened the next day, is Mello re-signed. Carmelo Anthony, this one, while I keep saying this one was the biggest, I think Ronnie Hood was the biggest re-signing. Um, this one was huge. While I don't think it's going to be a huge deal that if he left or not, um... I think it's a great, great sign for the Blazers that we actually can get a guy back um, on a re-signing. And he chose the minimum, which is crazy that he was willing to take the minimum. Um, he cited that Portland was loyal to him. They brought him back out of possibly being out of the NBA. And they brought him back, and they were loyal to him throughout the year. And he wanted to show that loyalty back. I remember at the end of the year, I posted on my Instagram that um, the quote he said that he believes Portland's home for him, and he's proving that by re-signing on a one-year, um, a one-year minimum. Um, the thing is, he will be coming off the bench. Uh, she confirmed that in a press conference the other day. Mello will be coming off the bench, and obviously, by when we re-sign him, most likely the talks went down that they were gonna. That they knew he was going to come off the bench. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, as he's a guy that always really wants minutes. Um, but he probably won't get the amount of minutes that uh, he'll be expecting this year, just because we've got a lot of depth in the front court. I mean, now if you look at the front court, you got Nurk, you got Roko, you got Cantor, you got possibly Hood, Collins, Derek Jones Jr. Um, so. It's going to be interesting to see how this works. Um, another reason we brought back Mello is um, Neil Olshie said Mello's our spirit. Not sure what you what I mean by what he means by that, but take that for what it's worth. But Nurkic, Cantor, and Collins most likely are all best of the five. Obviously, Nurkic and Cantor are prototypical centers in the league. Collins probably works best on the floor at the five spot, as you can stretch the floor and defend still, as long as he just continues to bulk up, get bigger. Um, Excuse me. Playing him at the five is probably in the best interest of Portland. Um, Covington, Mello, and Derek Jones Jr. are all best at the four. That's where they get the most value. All of them can play the three. We've seen Covington play the three. We've seen Mello play the three, and as long as Derek Jones Jr., but they're best at the four. And then Hood, Covington. Hood is best at the three. Of all those players, Hood is for sure the best at the three. That's why I expect him to start at the three on... Uh, opening night, but also Covington and Derek Jones Jr. can take a few minutes out of three, plus Gary Trent Jr. could throw in a few minutes, so um, the best guess on how the minutes are going to go is probably Nurk's going to play around 30 a game, and this is just trying to get people, you don't want to overdo it early in the year, obviously we're going to shorten the rotation for one's playoff time, but a rough guess is Nurk around 30, Rocco around 32, Cantor around 20, Hood around 28, Collins around 24, and Derek Jones Jr. around 20. But that leaves practically no minutes for Mello, and I have a hard time believing that that's going to be okay with him. Um, but you don't want to give the minutes to the guy you gave the minimum to and take the minutes away from the guy you gave the two-year $19 million deal from. Yeah. 
a la Derek Jones Jr. So it's going to be interesting to see how Terry Stotts uh, works with this lineup and just figures out what it's going to be. Um, but I think it just shows the depth we have, and depth is always great. And when you got Portland, you got leaders like Damon CJ, you're not going to get locker room drama with the amount of minutes people are getting. That's just not the culture in Portland. Um, another interesting thing is how will Gary, Gary Trent Jr. get his minutes? Um, obviously, he clearly earned a bunch of minutes in the bubble, and he obviously was playing a bunch of minutes, but we were shorthanded, and we're getting a lot of players back. Um, and you don't want to take those minutes away from CJ because CJ last year, he played the most minutes in the league, and he played those minutes very well. So you're not just going to bump him down to suddenly 30 minutes a night. Uh, so, again, a lot of things a lot of things when it comes to the front court. And that is without even talking about our last free agency signing that we signed, I believe, maybe it was Sunday, but that is Harry Giles. Harry Giles, I'm not sure how you say it. Harry Giles from the Kings on a one-year deal. Um, so again, that just adds to the front court mess. But again, it's not a bad thing. Uh, but you could see us signing these players as trade pieces come trade deadline. Um, but it's not, it's not a bad thing to have depth. Like I said, not a bad thing to have depth. Um, I believe that adding these people, it's a, it's a prize kind of just, we've been begging for Portland to have depth and get bigger, stronger, longer, and more athletic. Um, as we, in the past, we've been called the least athletic team in the league, but we are for sure not that anymore. We are definitely an athletic team now as we brought in the dunk contest champion. Harry Giles is a great athlete. Um, and yeah, I mean, this team is going to be very athletic, very deep. And that's all you can ask for, really, when you're talking about the Blazers. Um, so some more things I want to go over. I just got word that Woj just went over. Hassan Whiteside is going back to the Kings, um, which is... Very interesting. Um, so we take Giles, they take Whiteside. Obviously, Whiteside's a better player, but we didn't need Whiteside anymore. So not mad. Um, hopefully, Whiteside succeeds there. Uh, you never want to see a guy, a Blazer guy, no longer be good anymore. Another guy we lost was Winnie Gabriel. He went to, let me remember, New Orleans. Uh, Winnie Gabriel moved on from the Blazers and will be going to New Orleans. Um, I think that's a great pickup for New Orleans. You can never have um, too much energy, and he brings that. New Orleans is absolutely going to love him. Um, another topic that we want to go over is should the Blazers sign with our last roster spot? I believe we have 14 right now. Um, should the Blazers sign a backup point guard, or do we stick with Anthony Simons? Uh, this is a question that a lot of Blazers fans are asking. And I think Neil she slightly um, answered that question. Uh, she was asked if we're going to go out and sign a veteran point guard, and he said, we have a backup point guard. His name is Anthony Simons. So that could be him shutting down the idea of us going to get a guard. Uh, some guards that are available are Quinn Cook. Um, can't think of anybody else right now, but on Quinn Cook's level, so you're not going to get a lot of production off the bench, so you either want to spend that money on the guard, or you just want to, who knows what you want to do with that last roster spot, but 
have these guys. You have Simons as the backup point guard. Um, so obviously, like I said, Rodney's going to be ready for opening night. Um, but let's talk about these minutes here. Let's talk about who's getting minutes and who's not getting minutes this year. So when you look at our rotation, obviously at guard you have Dame and Simons. Then shooting guard you got CJ and Gary Trent Jr. Then you move on to small forward and you could rock some Rodney Hood. Um, some Rocco could play the three. You still have a little on the roster. I mean, you got guys... Again, depth is going to be a big thing for the Blazers this year. We are never going to have trouble with our depth. Um, you move on to the power forward. You could throw in um, Mello, Derek Jones Jr. Derek Jones Jr. could also play the three. I didn't even mention him there. Um, and then Covington and Collins. And then at center, you got Nurkic, um, Cantor, and um, 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 Harry Giles. So of those guys, I think... My personal preference of the starting lineup should be, uh, obviously, Dame, CJ, and Nurk are locks. Those three, no questions asked, those guys are going to be in the starting lineup. Then you move on. I think Rocco is also a lock for sure to be in the starting lineup. Now it's just a question if you plug him in the three or the four. Um, so I'm going to go over opening day lineup, opening night lineup, and um, then I'm going to go over ideal like playoff rotation. So opening night, obviously, we're not going to have Zach Collins, so that can eliminate him from the starting lineup. So I think you go Rocco at the four, Rodney Hood, you slot him in at the three, so your starting lineup would be Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Rodney Hood, Robert Covington, and Yusuf Nurkic. And then the guys you for sure want coming off the bench are Gary Trent Jr. Um, and Inez Cantor. So those guys are going to be coming off the bench opening night. Then you throw in Derek Jones Jr. and Mello. So those are nine guys, and then Anthony Simons for rotational minutes. So that's opening night. Those are the guys... You for sure want in there. Now, playoff-wise, obviously, I think, personally, you should keep the same starting lineup. I think our best starting lineup next year will be Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Rodney Hood, Robert Covington, and Nurkic. Those guys. Then the guys you for sure want to have come off the bench is Gary Trent Jr., Zach Collins, and Inez Cantor. So that gives you a guard and two bigs. Then, this is where you get a little interesting. Do you want to get... Do you want to stay big? Do you want to go wing? Do you want to go guard? I think a guy that should be playing a lot for us is Mello. Mello showed that he can still play, and he has the ability to play for us next year. Now the question is, do we do we just have the minutes for him? Because we really just don't have that many minutes now. Because um, you want to get, you probably want to get Derek Jones Jr. in there, but it's 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 just interesting with the depth. I could see these guys being used for a trade. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but just. I think the biggest thing that we want to see this season to start the year is just how are we going to just hand these minutes out to a bunch of players? How are you going to give out the minutes? Um, I just think that Terry Stotts, this is going to be his hardest coaching job yet. Not because he's technically, not because it's the worst team or anything, just because he's just it's just going to be so hard to just... Um, work with all these personalities, not saying that anybody's going to be an issue, just you want to get your talent on the floor and the people you're paying especially. So that'll be a storyline to watch. Uh, final thing I'll wrap up with is a little beef. You saw Damon CJ, prefer really CJ and Anthony, Anthony Edwards have a little beef. I won't even call it beef, I'll just call 
um, CJ shutting him up. Obviously, Anthony Edwards talking about how Dame wasn't that good of a rapper. Um, so CJ was on a podcast and was just like, you better work on that jump shot because the West, the West is different. You don't want to mess with the West. Obviously, the Timberwolves are going to try to make the playoffs. Uh, obviously, 10 teams make the playoffs now because we have the plan in the West and obviously the East. But we have the plan in the West. So, first time we play against Anthony Edwards, we'll see if Damon CJ go and try to dog him. Um, but that was just a little interesting thing to throw in. Um, but I think that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Just let me know what you want me to talk about in the next week's podcast. Um, I did get a couple questions from the Instagram, so I'm going to go check that out real quick. Um, excuse me as I pull up what you guys wanted me to talk about. Uh, some things you guys said was best draft picks over career. I'm, I'm going to talk about just current news right now. Um, what's our starting lineup looking like, and will Hassan stay? Well, your answer has been, uh, or your question has been answered. Hassan has been moved on to the Kings, and I went over the starting lineup just a few moments ago. And do you think the Blazers will be able to see, you think we will be able to see the Blazers in person at all this season? Um, I think we will. Now, it won't be full capacity by any means. Who knows, we could have full capacity come finals time, and I expect the Blazers to be there. I'm kidding. We'll get over expectations in one moment. Um, will we able, be able to see the Blazers in person? I think that at some point throughout the year, they're going to at least allow probably 10%, 20% of capacity to come into the Moda Center and watch the Blazers play. Um, that's a long time. Obviously, Oregon, they're a little more... Um, I don't use the word scared. I don't know how to use it. They're a little more cautious when it comes to the virus. So while... They might allow fans at other stadiums. I think Portland will probably be one of the last teams that will allow fans in their arena. Um, so if I had to answer your question, I'm going to say yes. I do think at some point they will allow a number of fans into the arena, but it will not be full capacity this year. Um, expectations. I just talked about it. What are my expectations for next year? Well, now with all these signings in this team, I genuinely, my for sure expectation is we're winning a first-round series. Uh, but I think my ex my prediction for this year is a lot of teams got better in the West. Don't get me wrong. The Suns got better. The Lakers got better. You could even say the Clippers got better with the Ibaka signing. Um, who else got better? The Jazz, they, they kind of stood pat. The Nuggets kind of stood pat. The Rockets are more than likely going to get worse. But at the moment, they've gotten better with the Cousins and Christian Wood signing. Um, the Pelicans, you could say, have gotten better. You know, they lost Drew Holiday, they added Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams, but that's just a train wreck down there with spacing. But to get to the point, what are my expectations for the Blazers this year? I expect a three seed, a top three seed, and a Western Conference Finals run at least. Um, I think it's going to be very hard to beat the Lakers next year in the West. Same with the Clippers, but I expect us to get a three seed, possibly a two seed, um, and make a run to the Western Conference Finals. Those are my predictions for next year. And that's going to do it for episode two of the Rip City Rundown podcast. Um, give me a high rating on Spotify for listening there. And then if you're listening on YouTube, give me a like and comment that you listen to this. Um, and comment if you follow Rip City Rundown on Instagram. 
that's going to do it. Hope you enjoyed it. I will see you next week for episode three of the podcast, and that'll be it. Peace.